Take your Bibles and turn to the book of Habakkuk. Uh, that is a book of the Bible, okay? Habakkuk chapter number 2. Habakkuk chapter number 2. Uh, while you're turning there, I would invite you to stand with me out of the reading of, for the reading of the Word of God. Habakkuk chapter number 2. Not a book we often turn to, but it is in the Bible. God put it there, and so it is there for us to look at and read. And I want to uh, dive into a, a phrase out of this as I was reading through this book of the Bible this week. Uh, this thought in my, uh, came to my mind and to my heart, and uh, I had some notes jotted next to it uh, from previously, and I started getting into it. I want to speak to you on the subject of faith again this morning. Uh, in Habakkuk chapter number 2, we're going to start reading in verse number 1. The Bible says, I will stand upon my watch and set upon the tower. I will watch to see what he will say unto me and what I shall answer when I am reproved. And the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision and make it plain upon tables that he may run that readeth it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it shall speak and not lie. Though it tarry, wait for it, because it will surely come. It will not tarry. Now I want you to look at verse 4. It says this, Behold, his soul which is lifted up is not upright in him, but the just shall live by his faith. As I read this verse of Scripture, in verse number 4, it said, Behold, his soul which is lifted up is not upright in him. Listen, anytime we try to lift up ourselves inside, it's not right. It said this, But the just shall live by his faith. And I'm going to preach to you this morning on living by faith. Living by faith. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. Thank you for the day that you've given to us. Thank you for the opportunity we have to be here today. Lord, I ask you please to use me in uh, a way that Lord, I could not be used of of myself. Lord, I stand where the arm of the flesh will fail me. I need your help. I need your touch this morning. Lord, we're asking if there's anyone here today that does not know you as their personal Lord and Savior, I pray they'll trust you today. Lord, we ask you to just use this message to strengthen our hearts this morning. Lord, we are in a midst in our nation of chaos and fear. And uh, Lord, may we just continue to live by faith. And Lord, we love you and we thank you for the word of God. We thank you for the truth of it. And Lord, we'll give you the praise and the glory and the honor for all that's said and done in this place today. In Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated. Thank you for standing. When we come to times of trial in our life, when we come to times of fear in our life, Understand, this isn't a, it's not a waste of time when we go through certain circumstances in our life or when we call upon the Lord sometimes and it seems like He's not answering. That's not a waste of time that we go. It is actually a learning time. See, in these areas of our life, like what we're going through in our nation right now, is a time for us as we're living the life that God has given us to live. It's a time to live by faith. It's a time not to just go through the motions and try to live the way the rest of the world would live because the rest of the world lives the way the first part of verse 4 goes. It says, Behold, his soul which is lifted up is not upright in him. 
The fact of the matter is, anytime we lift ourselves up, it's not an upright thing, is it? It said, but the just shall live by his faith. We're not supposed to live uh, trying to uplift our own self. We're supposed to live by the faith of the word of God. That's the difference between the world and the word is the world tries to live by its own strength and the word teaches us to live by the strength of God. There's a difference in all of that. God uses waiting periods in our life to mold us and make us into what he wants us to be. There's been times in my life that I've asked God for things, asked God to help me in this, and God, I need you to show up now. God, I need your help. And God said, no, wait. Just wait. And in that time, it's not been a wasted time. It's not a time where I'll say, well, I went to God and he didn't answer me. It's a learning time to learn to wait on the Lord and to live by faith. See, we want to always exalt ourselves, lift ourselves up. We want God to do what we want to do when we want him to do it. But he says, live by faith. Live by faith. See, it helps us to live by faith if we learn what the first of the object of our faith is. It's hard to live by faith when you don't have the proper perspective of faith. When you don't have the right object in our faith. I want to show you another verse, Romans chapter number 1. If you'll turn there quickly. Romans chapter number 1. Verse 16 and 17, the Bible says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it, talking about the gospel, the death, burial, and the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, that's the gospel. So he says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, again, the just shall live by faith. So if we are going to live in the day and age that we, li- that we are living in, in this time that we're living in, are we really going to live or are we going to be dead? That's the choices we have. We're either going to live in faith or we're going to have dead faith. If you read through the book of James, uh, he says this, faith without works is dead. He wasn't saying that you have to work to have faith. He's saying because of true faith, you're going to be alive, not dead. You're going to be doing something because there's an object that you're focusing on. There's an object of our faith. I want you to look at this. this the object of our faith is the most important aspect of being able to live by faith. Look at Galatians chapter number 3. Galatians chapter number 3. In verse number 11, but no man is justified by the law in the sight of God, it is evident, for the just, again, shall live by faith, the Bible says. The just shall live by faith. It keeps saying this over and over again. Hebrews 10, turn there quickly. We're going to show you some more things here. Hebrews chapter number 10. Here's the phrase again, verse 38. Now the just shall live by faith. If God's saying this so much in his word, then he's telling us, listen, if you're going to live in Christ, 
you're going to have to have faith. You're going to have to have faith. The just shall live by faith. So you say, well, what does it mean to have faith? What is the object of our faith? How are we going to be alive in our faith? Go back to the book of Hebrews again, chapter number 12. I wanted to show you how many times he says live by faith, and there's many other times we could look at in Scripture, but this common phrase, the just shall live by faith, we can ask ourselves this question today, are we living for Christ or are we dead spiritually? Because it's either one or the other. Hebrews 12, 1 and 2, Wherefore, seeing we are also compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight, and the sin which just so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Now look what it says. Looking unto our bank account, the author and finisher of our faith. Is that what it said? No. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Listen, we have to understand that the object of our faith is not the work in which we're doing, but the one in who we're doing the work for. The object of our faith is not about what we're doing in this world, but who we're living for. We're either living for Christ or we're living for self. It said, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. We are in a time in our country right now where there is sheer fear, there's panic, there's worry, there's fret in everybody's life. And because they're looking at the stock market, they're looking at this sickness, they're looking at all these things that are going around, but they're not looking unto Jesus. Everybody's mind is focused on what is temporal here on this earth. And I'm not trying to take away from the fact that people are sick. But who do you turn to when you're sick? You turn to God. Who do you turn to when uh, the finances of our country seem to draw? You turn to God. Who is it that you go to whenever there's uh, hardships in your life? You go to God. He's the object of our faith. It says looking unto Jesus. In all of this, there's people saying, well, are you going to cancel church? No, we're not. Why? Because he's the object of our faith. We trust in Jesus Christ. We follow after him and his word. He's the one that we look to all throughout scripture. When you, when you see what was happening and there was, uh, there was defeat happening in their life, they had to look to God to gain the victory. They had to look to him to find it. I thought about Peter as I was studying about the object of our faith. This storm is raging all around them. They're in the ship, man. They're tossed to and fro. They're worried. All of a sudden, they see this vision on the water, this uh, spirit on the water walking towards them. And Peter and them look out, and he says, hey, that kind of looks like Jesus. We're not really sure if it's him. And he said, hey, uh, is that you, Jesus? He says, yes, it's me. And he says, well, if it's you, bid me come to you on the water. And he says, come. And Peter steps out of the boat with the object of his faith in sight. Looking unto Jesus. And in looking unto Jesus, he was able to do something that was impossible. He was able to walk on water. Because he was looking unto Jesus. And there's people that are out there that try to say that Peter was only walking in a few inches of water and he was walking across the top of stones. That's, getting there. That's not what the Bible teaches. The Bible says he was walking on water. 
And that's what God said. God wasn't trying to be deceitful. God wasn't trying to deceive anybody. That's Satan's lie to make people have a little bit, have, have less faith. The fact of the matter is, he was able to do impossible things, not because Peter was somebody special, but because of the object of his faith. And I begin to think about what in the world could Faith Baptist Church do in the day and age that we live in if we would just have the object of our faith in the forefront of our lives. If we woke up with our eyes fixed on Christ. If we walked through our day with our eyes fixed on Christ. If we did all of these things with our eyes fixed on Christ, imagine what could happen. The impossible would take place if we would just focus on Him. we just focus on Him. Listen, we need to do all that we can do for the Lord. But it's not about what we're doing. It's about who we're doing it for. And we need to remember that. But the problem is, it's, it's not the object of our faith. It's where we begin to have a dead faith. It's when we do the opposite of faith. The object of our faith is Christ. And if I would say, what is the opposite of faith? Most people would say what I always said first. It's unbelief is what I always said. That's the opposite of faith. But I'm going to show you something here real quickly in our hearts and our minds. Look at Habakkuk 2, 4, where we started out. Habakkuk 2, 4, it said this, Behold, his soul which is lifted up, his soul which is lifted up is not upright in him. Hmm. What do you mean his soul which is lifted up in him? See, we all struggle with something, don't we? Pride. Pride is the total opposite of faith. You say, why? Because that produces unbelief. Pride produces unbelief. So when I used to say, what is the opposite of faith is unbelief. Well, where does unbelief come from? It comes from a pride inside of us that makes us doubt God's word. Remember, uh, Lucifer even uh, fell because of pride. He said, I'll exalt my throne above the stars of God. I'll be as the most high. If you remember, he did the same thing to Eve. He said, you shall not surely die. He told her, he said, you'll be as God, knowing good and evil. All throughout Scripture, we hear people that have just focused on themselves and lift themselves up in pride. Listen, pride produces unbelief. The Bible says uh, that pride goeth before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. If you look right in the middle of the word pride, there's the letter I. There's the letter I. Oftentimes, when we go through our life, we, we begin to tumble, we begin to fall, and we have a dead faith because we're not focusing on the object of our faith, we're focusing on the opposite of it ourselves pride what are we able to do what can i do because of my education or what can i do based on my skill set or what can i do based on my ability the fact of the matter is for the cause of christ you can do nothing and i can do nothing apart from the having the object of our faith right in front of us when we try to begin to lift ourselves up the bible says take heed lest ye fall look we can't get more high, think more highly of ourselves than we ought to think Hebrews 11.1 1 is going to describe faith for us. Look there, if you would, please. Hebrews chapter number 11. It describes faith. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Faith is that substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence, it says, of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good report. Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God 
so that the things which are not which are which were seen were not made of things which do appear. Then it goes on by faith, Abel. And it's talking about faith. It's beginning to describe what faith is. But if you look over Hebrews 12, the verses we just read, verse 2, it is actually defined. What is faith? Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. See, it describes it for us in Hebrews 11, tells us faith is that substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Where can the impossible take place? What can these things that we don't see, how can they take place? Where's the substance of everything that we stand upon? Is it in ourselves? No, it's in the object of faith, Jesus Christ. Living by faith. If we live by faith, the Bible, there's a song that says living by faith. Living by faith. And then it says we feel no alarm. Why? Because we're living by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. There's a lot of people, they're fearful. They're worried. And listen, I'm not trying to belittle the fact that there is a problem in our nation right now. There's a problem in the globe right now. But I'll tell you the answer to all of these problems is Jesus. Jesus is the answer. To all of these problems. We can laugh and we can joke about the whole toilet paper thing. And we can, we, can have, we can cut up about all of that. But there's a real epidemic in our nation. And it's not uh, getting rid of all the meat in the stores. And it's not getting rid of all the things that we need. Those necessities. It's that Jesus has been pushed aside. And we've been lifted up in ourselves. Thinking that we're just like the church of Laodicea. In need of nothing. And now we're looking around saying hey we need this. Or we need that. Or how are we going to find it listen we're not going to help people by just giving them rolls of toilet paper or or giving them meat or giving them this or giving them that we're going to help people by introducing them to the object of our faith Jesus that's how we're going to help people is introducing them to Jesus this is a time in our nation right now when fear is on the rise when this pandemonium is on the rise that we just let people know listen there's a peace that comes through Jesus Oh, all this worry and fret. God did not give us a spirit of fear, but a power and of love and of a sound mind. We're supposed to focus on the object of our faith. What you do when you come to the fork in the road, when you have to decide which path you're going to take, you're going to take your way or you're going to take God's way, that'll help you to determine whether you're living by faith or not. When you come to the fork in the road, the one that you choose will determine whether you're living by faith. When you're deciding, well, do I witness to this person that I know I'm supposed to witness to, or do I not, that'll tell you if you're living by faith or not. Do I give as God commands me to give, even though we're having hardships in our nation? Oh my goodness, what are we going to do? The bank accounts might get frozen. What's going to happen here or what's going to happen there? I really don't know. Are you going to live by faith and still do what God says? You think this has an effect on God? You think everything that we're facing in this world today really has an effect on God's uh, finances or God's ability or anything about God? No. The problem is our object is not in Him. Our object is on what we can't find at the grocery store. Or our object is on what we can't find here or there. And our minds are going to all of this and the fear and the panic is coming. And guess what? Satan's doing a good job of using all of this to get people's focus off of Jesus. To get their focus off of Jesus. So the object of our faith is Jesus. The opposite of faith is pride in ourselves. But the outcome of our faith. 
What's the outcome of living by faith? Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter number 2. So the Bible says in Ephesians 2, verse 8 and 9, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourself. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. So for by grace are you saved through what? Through faith. Well, wait a second. Who's the object of faith? Jesus. So who are we saved by? Jesus. Not ourself, right? We're saved by Jesus. So for by grace are we saved through faith. But look at verse number one. And you hath he quickened. You know what the word quickened means? It means to be made alive. And you hath he quickened who are dead in trespasses and sins, wherein in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince and the power of the air, and the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. It goes down through all this. But God, verse four, who is rich in mercy, For his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace ye are saved. I look at that and I think, man, what is the outcome of my faith is life. Life. First off, in salvation, you've got to by faith receive the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior. Why? Because it says we were dead in our trespasses and sins. He said, you hath he quickened who were dead in your trespasses and sins. Why can we rejoice and live in Christ? Because he gives life to anyone that will receive it because we were dead without him. We were dead in our trespasses and sins. And you may be sitting here today and you may say, well, I'm not sure if I'm going to heaven. Listen, you're dead in your trespasses and sins. And the fact of the matter is you can never have life without faith in Jesus Christ. He's the only one. He's the object of faith. He's the one that gives life to anyone who will receive it. And you are made alive through a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And that relationship starts when you exercise faith in the one who did everything that was required for us to get to heaven. Jesus Christ. We're made alive. James said faith without works is dead. It's dead faith. So what's that mean? That means that by the works that I do, I'm made alive. No, it's saying because of life, because of that new birth, because we were dead in our trespasses and sins, are now made alive in Christ Jesus. We're quickened in Him. That faith without works is dead. He's saying, listen, if you're not following after the one that gave you life, you're dead spiritually. You're dead spiritually. Although you may have eternal life because you're on your way to heaven, but the fact of the matter is this, you can be a child of God and be dead in your faith. But we got to have living faith, focusing on the object of our faith. You know, it's sad that there's born-again children of God that are on their way to heaven. They've been blood-bought. It's eternal life in Jesus Christ, but they walk around this world living dead. You say, how can they be living dead? Because they're not presenting their body, that living sacrifice. They're not doing anything for God. They're living, breathing oxygen, but physically they're alive. But spiritually, they're not doing anything for God. And we'll come to church, and listen, I'm glad you're here today. 
But we don't just come to church because we think it's the right thing to do. We ought to come to church because we desire to have the object of our faith just saturating us with his word. That we can know him better. That we can strive to, to, to please him and bring honor and glory to him. The, the uh, Apostle Paul said, the love of Christ constrained me. And I had the opportunity to preach at a sports banquet this week. And we went through Philippians 4 where the Apostle Paul said, I pressed towards the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. And I began to think about those words. That mark means he was aiming at something. He was aiming for something. What was he aiming at? Was he aiming at wealth? Was he aiming at fame? Was he aiming at any of this? No. He said this in verse 8 of Philippians 4. He said, I count all things but dung that I may win Christ. That was his focus. The object of his faith. That was the mark. But then he said that word press. I press toward the mark. That meant that he labored. He worked hard. If you read 1 Corinthians 15, he said, I'm the least of all the apostles. He said, but I labored more abundantly than them all. The apostle Paul was saying, listen, he said, there's a prize that I'm looking for. There's a prize. Remember, I've fought a good fight. I finished my course. I kept the faith. Henceforth, there's laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me, but not for me only, but to all them that, that love his appearing. The fact of the matter of, we need to labor and live in Christ with the object of our faith. He's the focal point of everything that we do. And if we will follow after Christ, we will get victory through Jesus. If we'll follow after him. Look at 1 John chapter 2. 1 John chapter number 2. So let me ask you this question. Do you believe it's the will of God for us to live by faith? Yes, because that's what his word says, right? It's God's will for us to live by faith. So how do we do that? How do we do it? Look at 1 John 2, 15 through 17. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that's in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. Remember the difference? Lifting up ourselves or following by faith. And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. He that doeth the will of God abideth forever listen there's going to come a day child of god that you're going to stand face to face with your creator you're going to stand face to face with your savior and you can hear well done thou good and faithful servant or you can get into heaven because you've been blood bought but you have to hang your head in shame because of how you dishonored the name of god listen you're either going to live for yourself or you're going to live for god but if you live for self, you're not really living. You're dead in faith. To be alive in faith is to love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Listen, that does not mean that you don't love the sinner. It doesn't mean that you don't try to win the sinner to Jesus Christ. 
It doesn't mean that you don't reach out and try to draw all men unto the Lord. It doesn't mean that. It means you ought not to love the ways of the world because you've been bought with a price. He's the object of our faith. The reason that we struggle in faith and we falter in our faith is because we're looking at it in temporal ways. We're not looking at it with Him in our focus. Listen, God has to be our focus. When you wake up in the morning, who do you turn to? Do we sit down, first person we turn to, CNN? Do we get up, first person you turn to is Fox News? Do we get up, first person you turn to is Facebook or Twitter? Or Instagram? Or is the object of your faith Jesus? When you get up in the morning, do you turn to Him? Do you turn to the one who can guide you through every step of the way? Listen, you turn on CNN in the morning, you turn on all the other things. Guess what normally happens? You start off depressed because you hear everything that's going on. Imagine if God's people would get the object of their faith in front of them very first thing that they do. If the very first thing we do is get the object of our faith in front of us, we're off to a good start. We're off to a good start. Listen, we need to get into the Word of God. The object of our faith is Christ. The opposite of our faith is pride, which causes unbelief. But the outcome of our faith, if we have genuine faith, and we work for the things of God, and we do the things God wants us to do, He says we can have victory. We can have victory. One more verse I want to read to you. 1 John chapter number 5. 1 John chapter number 5. We can have victory. We're going to end with this verse. For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Even our faith. So how do we get victory? We live by faith. We live by faith. We trust Him. We follow Him. We get rid of ourselves and we put the object of our faith in the forefront of our life. Maybe you're here and you're not saved. That's hard for you to comprehend because you don't have the object of faith living inside of you. Listen, you can trust Jesus today. What He wants is He wants you to just to live by faith. But it's hard to live by faith if you don't know the author of faith. If you don't know the object of faith. You need to trust Jesus as your Savior. You say, why do I need to trust Him? Again, we talked about it because we were dead in our trespasses and sins. We were born sinners. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We were deserving of hell. The wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. The object of faith changes all of that around because of the love that God has for us. That Jesus Christ died on an old rugged tree, took my sin and your sin upon Himself, He died, was buried, rose again, conquered death so he could offer life. And when you by faith receive him as your savior, that life is then applied to you and then you can walk in it because the object of your faith promised to lead you every step of the way. So how do we get lost spiritually in our faith? Listen, we don't get lost as far as from eternity, but how do we wander? Because the object of our faith isn't who we're focusing on. You know, I've never seen anybody get lost who was looking at a lighthouse 
and went directly towards that lighthouse. Never seen them get lost. But people who say, oh, I think there's a different route I can take. And they begin to try to find their own way. They're the ones that end up wandering out and needing rescued. Why? Because they didn't focus on something. The thing is, if we'll just learn to focus on Jesus, fear isn't going to bother us. Why? Because perfect love casteth out fear. When we focus on the object of faith, the one who is love, it casteth out that fear. Now listen, does that mean we need to be ignorant and uh, not intelligent about some, some things? No, no, no. We ought to use precautions and things like that and be wise, but we ought not to fear about it. Why? Because guess what? God could take us home just like that. It's all up to Him. Listen, we ought to be doing our very best and not be uh, immature and unwise, but we ought to follow Christ as the focal point in our life. Let Him be the object of our faith. Because then, if you use the opposite, you're heading for destruction. But when you have the object of your faith, the outcome is victory. Victory. With our heads bowed, eyes closed today, I wonder, who's the object of your faith? Is Christ the one you focus on? Is Christ the one that you look to? Or are we looking unto self? 